Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Rangers Review Morning Briefing for Tuesday, the 7th of March. I'm Derek Clark, and I'm delighted to say we're joined for the first time this week by Johnny McFarlane. How are we doing, Johnny? <coughs> when, I'm not, when I'm not coughing, Derek, I'm, I'm fine. Um, uh, great to be on, bright and breezy, and looking forward to talking about the teddies. Yeah, absolutely. Before we do that, folks, uh, you know the drill by now. Uh, first of all, you can see the ticker below on your screen if you're watching us on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We've got that offer on the website just now, £2 for two months' worth of content. Go and head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. And a quick word as well for our podcast sponsor, Seneca Hair Restoration, the top dogs in hair restoration in Europe, these guys. So if you're looking for a, a dick advocate or a Kamar roof, perhaps, uh, one, one, one of those, uh, or perhaps something completely different, a Todd Cantmill, who we're about to speak of, uh, then do give these guys uh, a, a follow and see what they're, what they're all about. I've stuck the, the links in the description box, as always. Um, Derek, so- I've, got a, I've got still an okay head of hair. I mean, it's, it's, it's slowly ebbing back, but a Todd Cantmill, <laughs> now that, that might make me think twice. Yeah. yeah Luscious sure. golden locks. I'm sure we'd all love a, a, a Todd Cantwell a la Gaza style. I'm surprised that someone actually photoshopped a Todd Cantwell do on Stevie Clifford uh, the other week there. I saw that. that. That did tickle me. <laughs> so go and check it out, folks, if that is something uh, you're thinking of. Uh, right, let's talk uh, football, Johnny. Um, Rangers, of course, conducting the press conference uh, yesterday. Before we touch on uh, some interesting points that Michael Beale said Antonio Cholak as well put up for the press yesterday. Interesting to hear uh, what he had to say. Um, big uh, the talking point on social media yesterday was was an interview given by Rangers investor Stuart Gibson uh, to the This Is Ibrox podcast in which he backed uh, some controversial figures, it's fair to say, amongst the fan base. Stuart Robertson, James Bisgrove and Ross Wilson. Um, he backed Ross Wilson for, for the work that he's done in terms of uh, selling on Joe Rebo and Calvin uh, Bassey for he's called them massive home runs. Um, he said that he, he's doing an excellent job, Ross Wilson, uh, and he continues to do so given the lack of ample resources. He touches on the Sydney Cup uh, as well and uh, talks about James uh, Bisgrove's mandate to explore as many commercial opportunities as he can, whatever he can. And he said that if he won the league, if he didn't relinquish the, the league, uh, I would have been happy to go to Sydney and happy to take three million for the pleasure of going out there. Talks about another uh, host of other things, Johnny, Club 1872 as well, and sort of the breakdown in communication between them uh, and the club. You've had a, a, a watch of the interview. What did you make of it? I thought it was really interesting. It was really good, first and foremost, to get used to, or to get to know Stuart Gibson as a guy, because he's been quite mysterious in a way. You know, there hasn't been anything like this prior to now. So to hear about his background... I thought was fascinating. He told a, a really, really interesting story about, you know, working Sri in Sri Lanka yeah. during the Civil War and uh, being in a villa that was sort of torn apart by bullets as the the sort of the government was fighting against, the, I think it was the Tamil Tigers or whatever. Yeah. And uh, him having to sort of 
basically scramble out of his bedroom with bullets flying above his head, etc., etc., and get himself into the car and and, and drive away. And I thought it was uh, really nice to hear about a guy who's gone away from Scotland at a young age and done really, really well for himself. So, first and foremost, I really enjoyed it. Uh, secondly, there's obviously a lot of discussion points from a Rangers point of view, and uh, I think I think that's going to continue in the coming days. I think there's going to be another one coming down because it, my understanding is that it's a it's a two part. I think there was a longer conversation that was had. Yeah. So look, this guy is a, an investor. He's the third biggest investor in the club. Uh, he's not on the boards, and he's got his opinions. And you know, Derek, if you've got opinions, you put your head you you put you put your head above the parapet as we do with our names, as Stuart Gibson's done. Then people are not going to necessarily like everything that you've got to say but you know he's entitled to live his truth and and these things are his truth i don't personally agree with two or three of the comments that he made uh, and i'm sure a lot of people feel the same but to me i watch it and i think he's an articulate um intelligent guy and you know the kind of guy you probably want around rangers uh, there are that's a bigger issue to me than the kind of is ross wilson doing a good job or not kind of stuff that I think everyone's focusing on. So while I understand that, because I get that it's controversial at this moment in time, if you've lost a cup final to your biggest rivals in the way that Rangers did, it's always going to provoke debate and discussion about the bigger picture. But I'd urge everyone to go and have a, a watch of it because I, I did think it was um, it was fascinating. And if you're, you're a Rangers fan, you want to hear from people who, are, who have got the ability to wield a bit of power within the club. And clearly Stuart Gibson's someone that does that. Um, in terms of the Sydney Super Cup, I'm going to give a bit of PR advice um, to everyone involved with Rangers. Lessons have been learned about the Sydney Super Cup. If we could go back, we'd do it differently, but we can't really talk about it in detail because we've got a legal case. That's all you need to say. Yeah. Um, to, to, to talk about the Sydney Super Cup when it's such a emotive issue is unwise, and I think uh, everyone should just agree on mass to draw a line under it and never speak of it again because every time it's brought up it provokes a furor totally understandably because of how emotive a subject it is so i really really wish that somebody somewhere would sort of collectively pull all all the investors together and the board members and just say we're drawing a line under this and we're not talking about it anymore yeah. because it's it, 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 it you cannot say anything that is positive about the sydney super cup no you know it, it it's it's best left just as it is. It's, it's a bit of a hornet's nest, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is, yeah. Um, yeah, like I say, that interview created quite a stir on social media yesterday. A few comments coming in as well. We'll touch on a few. James Skeen says, if you put money in, you've earned the right to, to have an opinion. Uh, I think that's a very good point, Derek. Yeah, yeah, he has put in a fair bit of cash in. Scott Cameron says, uh, good to see an investor engaging with the support which the current board started lacking in basic comms, he says. Uh, a few questions coming in as well, uh, Josh, Johnny, regarding our attire. Uh, Iron Blue says, uh, thought Johnny would have his hips tap on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, an old uh, joke on the, the social media there. Uh, and at least you're old now, that one, but I still yeah, get it from time to time. Yeah, still get it. Uh, you couldn't beat the 90s for tracky tops, Derek Denzel says. Uh, Rob Cole says, uh, Derek, you spot an old-fashioned shell shoot this morning. So actually a, an Italy, Italia 90 tracksuit top, so it's an absolute uh, uh, beauty. That's not an original, Derek, is it? Absolutely, yes. It's an, absolute it's an original. Beauty. It is, of course it is, yep. 
Wow. Theodora style, stand up for it for all you in the back there. So there you go. That must be so, worth uh, a fortune. Yeah, well, I thought I'd, 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 uh, I'd, uh, yeah, I'd uh, make an effort this morning, Johnny, on the video. So uh, there you go. So, uh, and Hector, Hector says Derek rocking up like Alexi Lalas this morning. Uh, for the young bears, uh, look him up, folks. He was uh, he was quite a player in the nineties. Right, let's get back to to the football, Johnny, because uh, lots of comments coming in. I wanted to touch on before we talk uh, about Michael Beale's press conference yesterday. This is quite incredible, isn't it? Connor Fleming says, uh, "Morning, lads. Am I right to say it's two years to the day we won fifty-five? How far have we fallen behind since then?" He says, "Of course, Rangers defeated St Mirren by three goals to nil uh, in 2021 on the sixth of March, I think it was." Uh, and that was it. The league was uh, pretty much wrapped up. It's quite incredible to think back then, Johnny. It seems so early, uh, and it was so early. It's, it's hard to uh, understand. I'm sure that was when, when the league was, was pretty much wrapped up. Um, seems like a lifetime ago now. Yeah, it does. Uh, a lot can happen in two years, and uh, to, to me, it feels a lot longer than two years ago, I have to be honest. But yeah. the scenes were incredible, weren't they, Derek? I think... That video of Steven Gerrard driving through the fans and to hear an icon like Steven Gerrard, and I'm not talking about his Rangers career, I'm talking about his playing career, an icon of world football gasping as he drives through, having really never seen anything like it. That shows you kind of what we're talking about here on the pantheon of things, because Steven Gerrard's seen it all and done it all. And uh, you could tell he was moved significantly by uh, that welcome that they got that day. And then, of course, um, it was all tied up the following day. I'm not sure, Derek, if it's two years to the day since the St Mirren Celtic game. Was it no, Celtic? I can't remember even who Celtic were playing. Was it Dundee United? Dundee United, yeah. It was, yeah, was it 1 1 or something? Nil, nil. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if it was the St Mirren game or that. Um, but effectively, we know that when Rangers beat St Mirren that day, uh, yeah. it was over. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, the day after, yeah, I remember. Because I remember the scene. The day after when it was actually yeah. specifically decided. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know why I said St. Mirren there. My head's scrambled. No, yeah, Rangers no, no, beat St. Mirren, Johnny, uh, on the 6th of March. And, and yeah, Celtic drew with Dundee United the following day at Tanadai. So, um, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, how we long for those days to return uh, once again. Um, let's, let's get back up to date then, Johnny, because Michael Beale gave his press conference yesterday looking ahead uh, mm. to the match tomorrow against Hibs at Easter Road. Of course, it was a, a match against Hibs that he opened his uh, Rangers managerial uh, account uh, and he's enjoyed a fair bit of success since then. I think the only real blotch on, on his copybook has been that League Cup final uh, defeat to Celtic. Um, interesting point, he, he mentioned uh, our very own Joshua Barry asked us about Todd Cantwell, uh, asked Michael Beale, sorry, about Todd Cantwell uh, yesterday and Michael Beale says, I've been delighted with Todd. He hasn't played a lot of football, but one thing uh, with Todd is he's super fit and he covers a lot of distances and I think you're seeing some things that maybe you weren't uh, aware of with Todd in terms of his work ethic and his willingness to win the ball back. I think he's a very interesting player, close to the number nine, but I also think he's a very interesting player, a little bit deeper in the pitch, uh, certainly when playing against a low block, because I think he's able to bring the ball and connect the midfield and the forwards. I'm absolutely delighted with him. 
Um, should have been man of the match at the weekend, Johnny, uh, uh, by the, I think, well, the sponsor on that Rangers TV uh, named him man of the match and pretty much every, everyone inside Ibrox did do uh, so likewise, apart from the sponsors. But interesting points with regards to Todd Cantnell this, isn't it? And uh, certainly I've been enthused by him. Um, I, I'm excited about seeing more of him. He's surely a certainty to start tomorrow. Yeah, I thought he was terrific at the weekend. And Michael Beale's absolutely right. We did not expect... Todd Cantwell to be so good at recovery of the ball. Um, I don't know if this is something that Beal was aware of or has maybe been uh, has seen when he was a youth player and and thought that he could bring to Rangers, but he's really, really hard working and he grafts up and down the pitch all over the pitch for, for 90 minutes. I mean, there was a presser, Derek, a few games back where Todd sort of bristled as well and he, he said, yeah, I, I, I get tired with this brush of not working hard. I don't know where that comes from because I've always grafted. And I think it's just because he's got those lovely soft feet and he takes the ball and nice. he's yeah, a bit, really he's what we would describe in fives as a bit of a sand dancer, which yeah. is, a, yeah. is a kind of inverse compliment because it kind of means you're a good footballer and we're all kind of jealous of, of what you're doing. You know, he's uh, he's got that ability to sort of tiptoe around defences. But what was particularly interesting to me was this description of him. Uh, Derek, just to repeat the phrase that that, that that was said there, very interesting player, a bit deeper in the pitch, certainly when playing against a low block, because I think he's able to bring the ball and connect the midfield and the forwards. So essentially what Michael Beale's talking about is turning Todd Cantwell into a Callum McGregor type. And that's exactly the same thing that's happened to him at Celtic. And that's been crucial in their success in terms of attacking. And we know Celtic's big strength in terms of the league this season and last has been their ability to overload the pitch in attacking areas and just blow teams away. And part of that is because they've got a very attacking player at the base of their midfield. Is this what Cantwell's going to give Rangers? I think that's a really interesting idea, a really interesting opportunity to build an even more attacking Rangers going forward that that teams in Scotland just can't cope with. So to have him at the base there, prompting and probing and moving around, you've got a guy who can also tackle, as we've discussed. I think that's an exciting prospect, uh, and I really like the sound of that. And as Michael Beale says, it doesn't mean that he's being precluded from playing wide left, wide right, or a number eight. Not at all. He says that he's very interested and close to the striker. But to have him back there in that deep lying position, spreading the ball about, uh, linking midfield and attack. I, I like the sound of that, Derek. I really do. And I thought that was an interesting little aside. You know, perhaps it's the tabloid uh, background in me going straight for the, the Callum McGregor of Rangers. But you, you know what I mean with that role? Yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's a very attacking player in what is traditionally considered a defensive position. So I think I think there's scope for that to be really effective tactically in, in, in the games ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this show is, is is an educational one, Johnny. We've, we've uh, educated Stuart this morning. He says sand dancer is a new one for me. This so might be a perf term. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was aware of sand dancer from an early age as, as well. Although it was a uh, yeah, um, 
he, he, he certainly certainly does graft uh, Todd Cantwell. There's no doubt about it. Um, uh, so, lots of comments coming in. Pete Lawrence says uh, Cantwell is a ball retainer, very good at keeping the ball close to his feet and dribbling yeah. to good spaces. I think he'll be an absolute star for Rangers. I really do, especially um, get, we all know he was linked with uh, mega money moves not not, not so long ago. Uh, just uh, fell away for him a little bit. Michael Beale said he had to sort of reinvent himself, find a new club, uh, and he certainly seems to be loving life at Ibrooks and long may uh, that continue. Uh, another interesting point that Michael Beale uh, touched upon, um, again, Joshua asked him about the, the, the first half against Kilmarnock and, and, and the goal scored and the fluidity of that midfield and asked him, if that is that how you wanted to look, especially in these home games when you can establish a lead by half time? Uh, his, his comments were interesting. He says that, yeah, and then obviously uh, humans are humans and one or two come off a bit. We don't start the second half so well. Derek, as in Derek McInnes, gets into his team and they respond. And I thought that after that, we certainly, with the substitution of John Lundstrom coming on and changing one or two things, uh, we got control of the game again. And then it's just a matter of, uh, can we be better in one or two moments to take our chances? That's been evident in all the games since I've come back. Uh, if we're more ruthless in the final third, then even when we haven't played well, we could have won games or even won games more comfortably. That's some of the things we're working on. Uh, there was certainly a drop-off that second half, Johnny, uh, and... Tynecastle aside, they haven't put in a, 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 a 90-minute performance, you could say, under Michael Beale uh, as yet. It's certainly some, some work to do um, to reach those heights at, at Tynecastle. It certainly seems to be the outlier thus far. Yeah, it does. But I think I'm going to give Michael Beale a pass on that because you look at the actual results and while Rangers have been a bit up and down, the results, cup final side, if we're just focusing on the league, excellent. And fundamentally, Celtic haven't exactly been playing brilliant, tippy-tappy football over the last three months as well. Now, everyone talks about Celtic as knocking the ball about really well under Ange Postacoglu, but they've struggled. They've huffed and puffed at times. This is a yeah. type of the time of year where it's difficult, Derek, to knit together performances over 90 minutes because the pitches are choppy, they're cutting up. It's very cold. You know, when you're coming into March, April, May, that's when you're starting to get to a time where I think it's more amenable to good football and obviously at the start of the season as well. The other thing, and I do believe Michael Beale on this and he keeps on reiterating it, he's done the right thing, right? And and I really want to be a passionate advocate for what he's doing here. We've seen so many managers there come in mid-season. Look at Pedro Cushina. He came in, he said, it's my way or the highway. I'm tearing it all up. I'm starting again. And the player said, no, you're not. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it led to a disastrous end to the season where Rangers had been on course under Mark Warburton. No problem at all. They were going to finish second. I think when Mark Warburton left, Rangers were second. Or they were third with a game in hand that would have put them two points ahead of Aberdeen. Something like that. It was very, very close. But I'm pretty sure they were second. By the time Pedro took over and then and, and then went on a sort of uh, period of just getting used to the team and what he was doing, I think Aberdeen finished five or six points ahead of Rangers that season. Yeah. So you, I don't think it's wise to go in there and say, right, we're going to try something completely new. I think I think what he's doing is pragmatic and correct. Coming in, not changing too much reverting back to some of the principles that worked under Steven Gerrard, given that the squad's hardly changed, really, the core of it, and just try and have as successful a season as possible. Get to the summer and then change it up in the summer. 
change it tactically, change personnel. And that's the optimum way to get the best out of the squad. Now, it might not be good enough uh, to to get what I think everyone wants, which would have been the two cups this season and to cut the, the gap in the league. But it's the best way to have a chance of doing that, in my view. Uh, if Michael Beale was to go and scrap everything, the big gamble is how many of these players say, you know what, I'm not going to be around for this. You know, the temptation is to, to for Michael Beale to throw someone under the bus. You know, people are saying to him, they want a rash reaction from that cup final. They want a soundbite from how there's going to be huge change. Well, if he says that, these players that he needs to get him to a Scottish Cup, they might say, well, we're not going to be part of this going forward. You know, and that's happened so many times before. So Michael Beale is walking a tightrope. He's got to let the fans know that there's going to be change, but he's got to make these players think that they're still on board for this season. And it's still a very important season. Rangers can still win this league. I don't think they will. You don't think they will. Hardly anyone watching this will think they will. But if you win those two old firm games, it's down to three points. And then it's just down to one mistake. So it's it's doable. And in football, in sport in general, you can never say never. You can never discount anything. You know, Rangers could win those two old firm games by two scrappy deflections or two dodgy VAR decisions, right? And then... Celtic going into the the second to last game of the season could be wiped out with the flu. Their entire squad wiped out and have to play the youths. You know, it won't happen, Derek. It probably won't happen. Yeah. What I'm saying is anything can happen. Yeah, So you can't throw away the opportunity for a title when there's any chance at all that it could happen. So Michael Beale has to try and get the absolute best that he can out of the group that are, that are there and, and throwing people under the bus and, and saying, you know, X, Y, and Z won't, won't play no. going forward. It, it, that, that won't work. One thing I would say, Derek, I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, and I'm interested in your take on it. I thought Michael Beale was almost over the top in his praise on Anto- of Antonio Cholak at the weekend. I thought he was very, very good first half, Cholak. Second half, he disappeared out of the game. But Beal, I don't know if you've got the quotes there. I mean, he came out and he was extremely positive after the match about what Cholak delivered. I think he said he was his, the best player on the pitch. Or yeah, he was, was delighted yeah. with him. He hasn't seen that Antonio Cholak in training. This is the first time he's seen it. And if that's the guy that started the season, he was bigging him up. And then he did it again yesterday. And Cholak was put up for the presser. I think Mike, I think Michael Beal might be deciding to go with Cholak for the next few games. I think Alfredo Morelos might not see much game time. I also thought it was interesting the timing of Chris Boyd's intervention when he came out in the sun with a a very, very scathing article on Alfredo Morelos. Now, call me a cynic, you know, uh, but these things tend to have some sort of, I don't know, structural kismet about them, put it that way. And uh, I think reading the tea leaves, there might be something in that. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, before I touch on the comments on Joe, like Scott Cameron just uh, says, uh, when did Marvin Andrews start on the show? I was going to say, channeling your, your inner Marvin, uh, Johnny. Certainly, uh, uh, we know not to give up the league title until it's mathematically uh, impossible. Um, but touching on Joe, like there's a piece uh, I wrote my newsletter on that last night uh, and why I expect him to lead the line against Hibs tomorrow night. Uh, and those comments, Johnny, you just touched on, Michael Beale did say uh, on Cholak uh, at the weekend, he said, I thought he was our best player. I thought he came off and linked the play really well. You can see what we've been doing, some fitness work with him in the background. And he's the main thing I'll take away from today's game. He also mentioned him yesterday uh, as well. He was asked uh, a question around about the players and said, I'm sure... Uh, talk, talking about Antonio, I'm sure that he cannot wait for the next two games because he's in a good place physically and obviously mentally after a good performance at the weekend. Um, I expect him to start uh, tomorrow night. Um, of course, we all know that uh, Alfredo's uh, contract situation, no deal has been put to the Colombian as yet. I don't think he's necessarily earned one, to be honest with you. I, I don't think um, at this stage, stage of the day, um, he has to do a lot more from here until the end of the season. Whether he gets opportunities remains to be seen. Um, but Cholak, for me, looked much improved uh, at the weekend. Uh, I think a lot of there were some people that were sort of writing him off when Michael Beale came in, not even seeing him play, Johnny, just based on the fact that, that his style of play that doesn't quite necessarily suit how Michael Beale likes, likes to play the game. But it's obvious they've been working on. Uh, diff different aspects of his game and he was put up for the press yesterday uh, as well and he was asked what, what he and the coaching staff have been working on in the last few weeks uh, Antonio said that he wants us to have these relationships on the pitch, especially the strikers up front to be close together and to have good combinations, I think with this type of playing if we have everybody in full speed we can create a lot of damage to the opponents and create a lot of chances, I think you saw how Razmin and Ryan Kent fashion and myself, how dangerous we can get and how many chances we can create, this is what the gaffer wants for me to be flexible uh, and to not stick only to one position to be more connected to the game and you saw that i can do anything that he wants from me uh, so i think there's been a bit of give and take he's obviously come in and giovanni van bronckhorst wanted him to play in a certain way just uh, inside the penalty box and in, in, in between the, the, the goal post johnny but he's obviously been uh, asked to do a bit more uh, team-wise uh, and helping the team a lot more. So uh, I can see him starting tomorrow night, although I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Morelos given a nod. He has a decent record at, at Easter Road, but I just wonder, like you say, those comments from Beal, uh, Chris Boyd, we know is it, not Morelos' biggest <clears> fan <throat> at the moment. Um, but Cholak, if he puts in that sort of performance at the weekend, only tailed off like, like most players at the weekend, Johnny, but if they can get that sort of output from him, then I would have no qualms about him leading the line. Yeah. I totally agree. Listen, Alfredo Morelos is a far better player than Antonio Cholak. Far, far better. But, and it's a big but, Derek, this Alfredo Morelos is not. And the problem is, the Alfredo Morelos that we've seen, I think, over the last few years, I think has been on a downward slide almost every season. And occasionally these blips up the way, and then it, 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 drip, it's, it sort of reverts back to type. Now, a lot of people have said to me, you've got an agenda against Morelos. I think anyone who's been watching this video for the last nearly two years will know that. And Alfredo Morelos at his best, I'm a huge fan. A huge yeah. fan. Yeah. You know, the guy could occupy two defenders at once. I saw Alfredo Morelos tear apart Pepe 
And people after the game were saying, this Pepe guy at Porto, he's long, long gone. I mean, he is, he's done. And Pepe's still, I think, uh, rocking it at Porto, isn't he? He's, still, he's, still, he's certainly, now. Yeah, yeah, certainly had a few very good seasons since then. He wasn't finished, but Alfredo Morelos made him look finished. And he wasn't the only top uh, defender that, that Alfredo Morelos gave a tough time to. So, so the, the thing is, though, is I'm not nostalgic about what was. I don't have a sort of attachment to him that, that can't make me see or, or makes me think that what my eyes see is different. And I don't know if it's fitness with Alfredo Morelos, if it's attitude, if it's something else. The contract's playing up with him in terms of psychologically, he wants, he's holding something back because he's thinking about his future. Whatever it is, I don't think the Buffalo that we're seeing now is anything like the Buffalo that we saw in 2019. I, I, I can't believe anyone would disagree with me. I get a lot of stats thrown at me. I think it's non-penalty goals, like uh, an assist or a goal every 86 minutes under Michael Beale so far. But I watch him play very intently because I'm, you know, I was a striker myself when I was growing up as a kid. Um, I think it's such an important part of the team. And when I look at him, I just think there's a guy that, that just doesn't give you all the things that he used to give you. And, and listen, I get people will disagree with me and that's fine. But it's a, it's a, it's a, my opinion is not based on any kind of agenda or anything like that. It's just that I don't feel yeah, like he gives as much to the team as, as I've seen him do. Therefore, I question what the reason is behind this. Now, we know Alfredo Morelos is on a big contract at the moment, a big, big contract for Rangers. To sign him up on a long-term deal to secure his future, you're going to have to give him an even bigger contract. Uh, my understanding is in excess of 40 grand a week. Yeah, no chance. Um, so I would just put to any Rangers fan who thinks Alfredo Morelos should stay around, do you think he's worth that kind of money, that two, £2.5 million pounds a year? To over over four years, 10, 10 million pounds. I don't think so. I really don't think so. And I think you can go and get someone who gives you a lot of different qualities that will that will make up for what you lose when he walks out the door. We're not talking about losing the two thousand nineteen Alfredo Manelos. We're talking they're talking about losing the twenty twenty three Alfredo Manelos, and that's a lot easier to replace. Yeah, I mean, but. This is a question I think I posed to Joshua, uh, I'm sure it was, or even Chris Jack last week, Johnny. Um, long gone are the days, I think, where he's been linked with teams uh, sort of middle to top end of uh, Ligue 1 or La Liga, uh, even the Premier League down south. Where Should he leave Ibrox in, in the summer? Where do you think he, he could go to? I sort of put out a suggestion he might go back to his homeland, perhaps, but I don't think he's going to get a a big club in one of the big top five leagues in Europe. Yeah, they. I, I mean, it's possible that he could go to a Getafe or a, I don't know, a Salnatera in Italy or, a, you know, one of these kind of up-and-coming yeah. lower lights in, in the top leagues. On, on a freebie, it might, it might, might be tempting for, for someone, I guess. Um, it might yeah. be tempting, but uh, yeah. The thing about Morelos is, and... I never like a transfer deal that begins with a sentence, Derek. 
if you can get him physically right and put him in a, a league where physicality isn't so important, like a La Liga, I think Alfredo Morelos at his best is a Tasmanian devil in those leagues. He is a, a, a bull in a china shop. And I always thought back in 2019 when there was a lot of interest, I was shocked that there wasn't interest from Spain because you imagine the damage he would do to defenders who are not used to the physical battle. Yeah. Um, especially a team that are kind of underdogs. So I, I, I certainly agree with you, Derek, that I don't think the level of team that will be coming for Alfredo Manelis will be anything like the level that it was a few years ago. Yeah. They will look at his goal record in, in Scotland. Look, it's reductive. I made a point on Twitter the other day, and it was reductive. It was it was probably a poor point, but factually correct, which was Miofsky, Shankland, and even Van Veen at Motherwell have all scored more than, than Alfredo Morelos this season. Now, <laughs> Alfredo Morelos hasn't played as many games. Yeah. Alfredo Morelos doesn't take penalties. I take that on board. Still. But these guys play for Motherwell and Hearts yeah. and Aberdeen. So you've also got to take that into account, you know, Alfredo Manelos is playing for Rangers and getting a lot of chances week in, week out when he does play, or he should be. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's more to goals than just the, the, the actual number at the end. I absolutely get that. But Rangers fundamentally, bottom line, need a striker who can score 25 to 30 goals a season, Derek. They, that's what they need. It, that is the key to a title. Yeah. And listen, I think I think if he if he wasn't injured when Michael Beal uh, arrived, I think Cholak would be touching on uh, yeah almost twenty. I think what's he on just now? I think was it fourteen just now or yeah, something 14, like that? But yeah, yeah, it'll be he'd be touching on that uh, twenty and and above. And listen, he, he was asked about uh, is he confident he can climb the goal scoring charts again? And he speaks like a proper striker, Johnny. He's got that devilment in his eye that. Um, he, he believes in his own ability that he's going to stride up those charts again and I really hope he does do so because um, Rangers don't have a better striker a fit better striker at the moment and listen we all know about the, the Kimar Roof and his story at Ibrox um, whether we see him in the Rangers jersey again remains to be seen but Alfredo Morelos certainly uh, has been nowhere near uh, good enough in terms of the, the goal scoring stakes um, uh, that's a point raised by Scott you popped up there Johnny's yeah I just want to say well th there's a reason why he didn't play I mean he was he, f he fell out of favour under Giovanni van Bronckhorst because of a lack of professionalism. Yeah, that's just a, that's just a, that's just a fact, you know. Um, he was left out for the biggest game of the season because of lack of professionalism around the club, and Giovanni van Bronckhorst had had enough of him. You know that that's fundamentally what the problem was between the two of them. And uh, I thought Giovanni van Bronckhorst handled it wrong. I thought he was too hard line with Alfredo Morelos. I think. You've got he's one of these players that you have to manage with a bit of a, a lot of give and take, but you know that's what happens if he's part of your squad. If you can't ship him out, then that's what you have to do to get the best out of him. Yeah, but you know it, that's that part part of the reason he wasn't playing was his own fault, and that's partially tying into what I'm saying. So that yeah. that's that would be my response to Scott. I obviously respect Scott's opinion, and maybe Scott's a, a loyal uh, viewer, and you know. It talks a lot of sense. I've seen him on Twitter as yeah. well. Um, but I just fundamentally on this one, I just don't know how, for how much longer <clears throat> Rangers can continue to kind of yeah go down the Morelos route because uh, yeah. there's a number of factors to discuss, whether it be yeah. his goal-scoring record in the, in the Premiership, whether it be how he, how he is around the club and how he lives his life. 
this, the standards that, that he gives when he's on the pitch in terms of uh, work rate, um, there's a lot of things yeah. to discuss. Yeah, uh, there's a couple other comments that have been started. We'll just uh, touch on a couple before we wrap up, Johnny. Um, Alfredo Morelos isn't the only player, of course, that's out of contract in the summer. Uh, Gross Scotland says, uh, thoughts on the Kent to Burnley rumours? This has been rumours that have been uh, bubbling away for, I think it happened at early January, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, Burnley thought to be keen on, on possibly um, signing Ryan Kent in the summer. I think a lot depends on whether they'll go up to the Premier League. I think that's almost a given. They've been flying under, under Vincent Company down there. Um, uh, Leeds United also believed to be sniffing about God. We've heard that ever since he joined from Liverpool. I think uh, Leeds United having a, an interest in Ryan Kent. He's another one like a Morelos, Johnny. Um, but it's almost you wouldn't have any qualms about playing Ryan Kent I think because there's no one that can fill that role as well as he can now I'm not saying he's been scintillating in any way shape or form he's been uh, off the pace for much of the season like like most players but he just gives you a bit more than Morelos I think there's a professionalism there from him um, and he's one that certainly would play from here until the end of the season unless he picks up an injury or two um, whether he signs on in the summer it, it remains to be seen but yeah I, I don't have any concerns about playing him from, from now until the end of the campaign Now Ryan Kent is still the best player in my mind probably at the club in yeah. terms of pure talent I, I understand goals and assists are not necessarily where they should be yeah. and given his talent they should be significantly more but the guy is a real player. He's a football player. He can go past anyone. He's got pace. I just hope Michael Beale can persuade him to stay because I don't yeah. think Rangers look the same when Ryan Kent's not playing. It's not necessarily the final ball, but the chaos that he causes when he gets on the ball that often means I think he's producing sort of fourth and third assists almost. You know, he's, he's creating chances that, that, that he doesn't necessarily put the final ball in for or, or, or score himself. Uh, he's, a, he's a terrific player, Ryan Kent, and, and and I will defend him to the hilt because I've seen him do things in huge games against big clubs, Dortmund away, Leipzig, you know, where he's clearly capable of playing at a very, very high level indeed. And this is going back many years uh, in the Europa League. You know, he's always been one of the top guys and he's produced against Celtic in big games as well. He's got goals against them. Not every time, but, you know, he has done it. And... I would love to see him sign on. Now, as to the interest down south, I'm not surprised. I think the Leeds one's a bit of a lazy link. I think they've got players in that position. Yeah, it's kind of easy to talk about Leeds because he's been one of the one of the players that's kind of been on their list. I think that's obvious. I know for a fact that Bielsa liked Kent a lot. I think Bielsa went in for Kent three or four times. Yeah, he'd have been um, lightning in that team. He was a very big fan of him. But, you know, Bielsa was uh, three managers ago now, wasn't he? Um, for, for, for Leeds. Yeah, they brought in the American boy, Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh. Uh, and, and now. And, yeah, so, so you know, things have changed and I suspect their uh, recruitment will will be centred on an area that Gracia will, will be kind of focusing on. So, uh, I don't know is a, is a long and short of it in terms of in terms of leads, but to me, it just it it feels like it's probably not right. Uh, Burnley, I can see that. I can totally see that being a club that would be interested in them. Uh, Derek, I don't want to be sullying your place or where you stay, but 
<laughs> I, I've been to Burnley. I've spent time there. I used I, to have I a job. I don't live in Burnley either, Johnny, so... I, 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 you live in the north of England, the grim industrial north. Yeah. Um, don't want to offend anyone too much here, but, you know, I've spent time in Burnley. I used to do a travelling salesman job, and, and I, I was there a few times, and it's not the nicest place. <laughs> it's not the most cosmopolitan of places. Um, you're not going to have a lot of cocktail bars to visit, I don't think. <laughs> uh, so I would suggest that you're probably better staying in Glasgow than going to Burnley. Um, it might be a financial reason to go there, but we'd have to be pretty weighty to persuade me to go and live there, I'll tell you that. Um, you know, I, I'm being facetious and I'm, I'm having a bit of a laugh, but obviously there's a, there's a lot of nice places Listen, around that area. Yeah, it's, it's, I, a, I just it's think, a Premier League more than anything else, isn't it? It is, but Burnley, what are they ever going to be? You know, um, and if they were in the Premier League, then it's a different probably conversation because you have there is that attraction of being a Premier League player now, just having played in the Premier League, and I, I get everyone wants to have that on their CV and everyone wants to test themselves against the very best, but. I kind of think James Tavernier will look back in his career and say he's quite glad to have been in a Europa League final and won trophies and uh, played for a truly great side where, where for the rest of his life people will be asking him about his career rather than, you know, if he had gone down to a West Brom or Burnley and faded into general insignificance once his playing career was was up. Yeah. Um, I think Ryan Kent is better to remain at Ibrox based on the uh, opportunities that are available. Now, of course, Derek, I'll just caveat that by saying, if Leeds do come in, then that's 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 a huge club. That's a huge club, even if they're in the Championship. So that's maybe different. But Burnley, no, nah, I'm not having that. Yeah, and an interesting point, Scott, again, with a, 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 an interesting take here. He says, Kent, possibly bored with the league he's playing in in time for a change. Totally get that, that as well. Uh, I mean, it can... Playing the same team four times a season uh, for uh, God, how, how long has he been at Ibrox now? Five seasons or, or what have you now? So uh, yeah. it can be a bit, bit mentally draining. So if, I would totally understand if, if he wants a fresh challenge. And uh, uh, certainly down south, he has played um, for clubs down there. I was impressed. First of all, I used to cover Barnsley down there and he really impressed me when he was on loan from Liverpool as a young lad. So uh, I was delighted when Rangers managed to, to bring him up, up the road. And um, yeah, I can see him starting for a team like a Burnley or a Leeds United or, or a team similar down there, down south, maybe bottom end of the Premier League or top end of the Championship. Before we wrap up, Johnny, this is a point that was raised the other day. And apologies, Connor, I, I missed it uh, the other day. But um, he says, uh, Derek, Johnny, what's the vision for Rangers review in three years' time? Growing rapidly, uh, he says. Uh, that's an interesting one, of course. Um, uh, I'll only put that towards you, Johnny, <laughs> as opposed to me. But uh, yeah, listen, it's 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 been a, uh, it's, it's it's been an absolute delight, and of course, a lot of it wouldn't be that the show is and the website is without uh, you guys uh, tuning in and supporting the channel and the website as well. So uh, who knows? Yeah, obviously, the key thing for us is to drive people to support what we do and subscribe on the website because uh, that's, that funds everything that we do. And the more people that do that, the more we can fund. So uh, as simply as this, Connor, it, it depends on how many people we can get to subscribe. And the more that we add, I think the more we'll be able to do. And certainly going forward, we, we, we uh, like the idea of a phone-in. Uh, Joe Gallagher's just put that in and we do like yeah. that idea and it may be that on a Friday 
in the, in the months ahead, we're, we're going to move towards a, a Friday phone-in, maybe from 5 until 6.30 or 5 till 7 or something like that. Um, and we're still sort of discussing that, but I think uh, fundamentally for, for us, uh, we're looking to get a bit more video content up and do a, a lot bit more. And the more that we can do, um, I think... Uh, the, the happier you guys will be because you look at the, the YouTube numbers and they are absolutely stratospheric. So don't forget if you're watching this, guys, and you you know go onto YouTube and, and sign up to the channel because there's a lot of video on YouTube that, for example, isn't on our Facebook page. Um, you can watch it live on YouTube. You can comment just like you can on Facebook, but YouTube's a place to watch it because there's a lot more stuff there. Um, yeah. And we'll try and keep bringing you that. I mean, one of the things that, Derek, you did last year that I think was really, really well received was you went out on the the club's preseason tour, and you got absolutely loads of stuff. Now, listen, let's not pretend you didn't get something out of it. You were out in Portugal for a week. Well, to, to be fair, uh, yeah, factor fifty being applied uh, regularly <laughs> every day is a uh, was my only great. But you're totally right, Johnny. Uh, yeah, there's certainly worse jobs, that's for sure. Yes, but um, there was loads of fantastic content from that. So I think. Uh, you know, keep an eye out when it comes to pre-season, keep an eye out when it comes to these European fixtures because we'll always be doing a, a load of stuff on that. But if you want to support what we do, go to the website and sign up. I think it's £2 for two months uh, at the moment and then it's 2 a month, which, guys, listen, a paper's like, if you want a copy of the Times, it's like £2.20 or something like that now yeah. uh, and for one day. So to pay £3 uh, for uh, for the month, I think, is, is good value for everything that we bring. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you, thank you for the question, and and uh, please support us. Yeah, and Dave says, hey, I love Derek Stadium tours in Europe. Oh, how I'd love to do more of them. I think <laughs> uh, certainly last season uh, we were spoiled with Rangers' incredible run to, to, to Seville, of course. But hopefully um, next season we can go on another uh, European uh, run, and you can all. Derek, my favourite one was uh, Ajax, and people won't know this, but um, I phoned Derek and said, look. Can you get a stadium? Can you get a stadium tour? Can you get? I want to see the the ground. I want personally just because I'm a geek on these things, and I feel like Derek has to be my sort of visual guide. Because if I'm not getting there, I want to get my bang for my buck and see and see things. And he phoned me. He says, "Johnny, I'm in the stadium. I'm not really <laughs> supposed to be here. I'm just wandering about." <laughs> uh, next thing we know, we've got a full. Just you're just wandering about, really, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. That's it's, it's, listen. It's you've uh, not been arrested yet, which is good. I haven't been arrested yet. No, I think uh, I think Union the, was the other one, wasn't it? Where you could kind of Union. I think I maybe came close. I came close. Uh, Seville, when obviously the stadium they were showing the uh, the game at the big, big giant screens. Uh, I managed to sneak in, but then I was uh, accosted and chucked out basically. But uh, yeah, listen, it's uh, it's it's all good fun, and, and oh how we want long for. Rangers to get back in Europe and competing again. I'm sure Michael Beale uh, will be able to do that next season. But uh, yeah, listen, thanks very much for everyone's comments. Uh, very much appreciated. As Johnny said, uh, we've got that offer on the website. Uh, go and support the work we do by heading over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe. Uh, just £2 for two months worth of content. We'll be back again tomorrow, myself and Joshua, as we look ahead to the game at Easter Road on Wednesday evening. So please join us again for that. Um, but until then, enjoy the the rest of your Tuesday. Bye for now.